This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Claggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday evening. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. She represents Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you today? I am doing fabulous. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm excited. We've got a very crowded studio, lots we of people do. here. So I'm very excited for the show today. And we're centering around a lot of aspects of the home and home care. This is this is pretty cool, Nicole. You know, it is. And, you know, I think, you know, it's very smart for folks to really start thinking about the fact that, you know, we have an aging population and folks are um, really going to be doing a lot of their aging in place that, you know, there are so many changes and innovations and technology and services that people can really stay at home a lot longer than they could have even 20, 30 years ago, just because of all the different types of services that exist. And I think it's really smart for organizations to really be thinking about partnering with community-based services because that's really where it's at. And that's really where most people want to be for as long as they can manage it. For sure. And you, you just think about these things because that's what people want. You know, they want most people, 99% of people want to age in place at home rather than going somewhere else. So uh, having these services available to them and the, the increase in technology that we're seeing is wonderful. And the first person that we're going to speak to tonight is Bill Ryan. He is the president of American Mobility Inc. Bill, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Hey, how you doing, Jason? Nice to meet you. Yeah, so so glad to have you here. And one of the things that really is a huge issue for older adults living in their home is the reality of mobility changes, things change. And, you know, I, I sometimes pull on some personal experiences that I've had, but, you know, I, I look at my own father who's approaching 70 and I kind of notice, you know, boy, you know, he's walking a little differently. I'm worried about him living in upstate New York on the ice and falling and, and these, these different types of things. And then you look at the home of the person and you think, well, if suddenly if there was a change and a need for, you know, a wheelchair or some sort of a mobility device, is this home even accessible for them to be able to stay there? Because right. a lot of people can be super independent with a, a mobility device, but then their home isn't really very amenable to it. Right, right. I agree. I agree. I, I've kind of lived through some of that stuff myself with the mother-in-law. So that's kind of what, why I kind of got involved in it. So you are the president of American Mobility, which um, obviously creates, um, it's a durable medical equipment company, and Correct. you mm-hmm. do, you, it looks like you really specialize in some very complex types of mobility equipment. Talk to us a little bit about some of this equipment and really how it helps people maintain independence. Okay, yeah, uh, we're primarily power wheelchairs. That's, we, we took over the company a year and a half ago from somebody else. Um, Basically, they were heavily involved with the power wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is diversify our product line and get more products to help people stay in their homes. So not only do we do power wheelchairs, manual wheelchairs, scooters, uh, stair lifts, ramps to get people in and out of their houses, vehicle lifts to, again, transport their scooters or their power wheelchairs. Um, and um, we also have a number of diff- different products for a car to help people adapt there as, as people shrink and they get older. We got like pedal <laughs> extenders. If you have paralysis, we have something called a left foot accelerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, if you lose control of both your uh, legs, we have hand controls to be able to drive your cars. 
Uh, so kind of very unique products as well. So that's really interesting because I know one of the biggest challenges uh, for older adults, you know, they may have all of their cognitive faculties, mm -hmm. but once they start losing some of that physical mobility, driving really does become an issue. And the reality of it is if people stop driving, then they're needing to, you know, either rely on family members more or some outside services. So it sounds like that there are some options available out there for older adults mm. that potentially could make driving a little bit more yes, easy. Yes, yes, there are. It, it helps, again, it helps keep them independent, mm -hmm. keep, keep up with their social networks and so forth. So the more independent we can keep people in their homes and out providing for themselves with cars, uh, to get where they need to get. That's what we're all in, into it for. So I guess one of the questions that I have has to do with cost, right? Mm -hmm. You know, everybody automatically assumes everything's paid for by Medicare. And the reality of it is, is that Medicare does not pay for every single aspect of long-term care. It has more to do with restorative care. Um, how are how do people pay for the types of services and, and offerings that you have typically? <clears throat> uh, again, Medicare is getting tighter and tighter as far as like what they'll cover. Uh, power wheelchairs, for the most part, is covered very well. Uh, but again, the process to get all that stuff established, going through their doctors, going to visit a physical therapist, having one of our ATPs on site to be able ATP? to recommend assisted technology professional. Okay. <clears throat> Basically, they're trained and certified just like a doctor, but to be able to select the right uh, equipment for the person, depending on their needs. Um, other things like lift chairs. Uh, are covered the only piece of the lift chair that's covered is like the motor uh -huh. so again that's like 200 out of about a thousand dollars stair lifts are not covered at all hmm. and yet stair lifts i think are kind of like one of the most essential things to keep people to be able to use the bedroom and mm -hmm. to use bath bathrooms if they have them upstairs um, there i've seen other folks in this industry kind of go through like a reverse mortgage where again they can stay in their houses mm -hmm. and kind of pay for it that way if you look at some of the cost associated with assisted living or nursing homes, mm -hmm. the, pr the price of some of our products are very, very affordable mm -hmm. compared to what they are uh, out there. Sure, sure. So um, I guess, you know, what types of diagnoses do you find um, people have that, that may eventually need some of these types of products? Well, again, for the power wheelchairs, a lot of it's neurological, mm -hmm. um, uh, just, just any kind of neurological disorder that you can have. Mm -hmm. Again, it helps maintain their mobility. Inside. Power chairs are primarily for inside the house. Mm -hmm. We know there are people who use them almost like a taxi, which right. is not the I've right way. I've seen them way. driving down the road. <laughs> right. That's not, not the way, what they should be doing, but again, that they do what they have to do mm -hmm. to provide for themselves. Um, Chairs, again, just to help people stand up, yep. weak knees, uh, the stair lifts, again, weak knees, it's, it's all about safety. Uh, you don't, bathrooms are where you, bathrooms, kitchens, and stairs are where you have the most falls. Yep. So again, any anything like that to assist people to be a little bit safer so they can stay in their homes. Safety bars to help them stand up, uh, grab hold of in the bathroom, all, all, all common sense things. I see them as common sense things. Um, just to make things a little bit safer for folks. So I know that, you know, a lot of times when individuals make a choice to move from their physical residence that they may have lived for 20 plus years mm -hmm. to an independent living community, one of the requirements of a lot of the independent living communities by law is that they're able to get to an exit in case there was a fire without assistance. Mm -hmm. And so I could also see that, you know, sometimes we have people place 
potentially inappropriate, inappropriately do a higher level of care because of a mobility issue that could easily be um, fixed with something such as a power scooter or, mm-hmm. uh, or something of that nature that allows them to get from one place to another right, right, with some right. ease. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, very good point. <laughs> <laughs> so do you see that, um, so I guess talk to us a little bit about maybe a particular um, client situation that you have found in your experience that this has really made a huge difference in their lives. <clears throat> um, again, I'll kind of draw from personal experience. Uh, we had a um, mother-in-law, uh, Leonore, up in Pennsylvania. She was getting older in age, 88 years old, mm-hmm. but was starting to fail in her health a little bit. Um, she did not want to go into assisted living, did, want to, did not want to do the nursing homes, so she basically moved in with us. And my wife and myself um, live in a house that's got uh, a lot of stairs. Um, and, again, she just had trouble standing up, uh, transporting be- as far as like a walker or something like that. The whole idea was to keep her out of the nursing home. She wanted to stay with somebody, didn't want to be in anything like that. So, again, we did a stair lift. We did a lift chair for her to be able to, again, keep her independent, um, a, sco- a, a scooter to drive her around uh, outside, and then a um, walker, basically, to maintain her stability. Uh, but she stayed with us for five years before she passed. I mean, wow. she had to go into assisted living at one point, or a nursing home for rehabilitation. Yeah. She hated it. Yeah, so yeah. She's like, "Get me out of here!" It's like, <laughs> do the exercise. Come, you can come home again. So. And you made it, you made uh, being back at home possible. That's right. So, if folks want more information about your services, how would they go about doing that? Well, we got a web page, American Mobility dot com. Uh, we got an eight hundred number there, eight 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 three 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 five six five five. Just call us with any questions that you have about mobility. Uh, we are not high pressure at all. We just try and figure out what the pater- person's particular situation is, and then we will make recommendations on what we think might help them. Again, the website is American-Mobility.com, and that phone number is 888-333-5655. Bill Ryan, president of American Mobility, thank you so much for joining us thank this you, evening. Jason. We appreciate having you in. Appreciate oh, it, Nicole. Absolutely. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're talking a, a lot about home health and areas of helping people age in place. And we've got another fascinating guest here in the studio that I'm excited to talk to. And that's Roger Gore. He is with Dynamic Mobile Imaging. And Nicole, this is a, a fascinating area of technology. You know, it really is. And, you know, 20 years ago, this is something that people would never even dreamed existed. You know, the idea of being able to bring mobile imaging into wherever that person calls home for an older adult who may have some mobility issues or pain issues, or frankly, you know, they don't even want to go to an urgent care or an ER to get exposed to every other sickness that's out there. Be able to bring some equipment into the home to, you know, check to see how that person is doing is, is pretty awesome, I think. So, so glad to have you here. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about how this works. Yes. So um, well, 
just to give you a little bit, bit of background, I spent probably over 10 years trying to move people out of their homes. <laughs> so now for the last two years, I've gotten the pleasure of helping people stay in their homes or communities or wherever sure. they might be. So um, we primarily service seniors 65 and up, mm-hmm. homebound, mm-hmm. and um, they might be in a skill care, they might be in an AL, they might be in some other type of community, or they might be in their individual home is if they're 65 plus and homebound and have a doctor's orders, then Medicare will typically pay for us to go and service them with a mobile in-house hospital quality x-ray or um, other imaging. So when you say homebound, what does that mean? They cannot get out. Like if one of us wanted to get a mobile x-ray, Medicare or insurance is not going to typically cover that because we can drive ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the reasons, typical reasons are can't ambulate, mm-hmm. dementia or some kind of altered state, pain when they're ambulating or, mm-hmm. you know, basically can't walk and get themselves easily. So without leaving home, without a taxing effort of some sort. It's, you know, that doesn't mean they can't go to church necessarily, but they certainly, it may be a big, big issue to get them to actually come out of their home to, to do, go to an appointment perhaps. Correct. So I guess, you know, and under what circumstances would a person ever need a mobile x-ray? Um, you know, typically, skill care might be going into their home, mm-hmm. and they may think they have a pneumonia or a fracture after a fall. Mm-hmm. Um, could be something related to AFib um, or need an ultrasound or uh, EKG or those kind of things. So I'm, I'm guessing, do you partner with a lot of organizations that use um, what we're commonly hearing as telemedicine, where doctors and nurses can check in on a patient from a distance? Is that sort of like a partnership that you would have to make kind of all of that happen for a person in their home? Well, as typically for us in North Carolina, we haven't seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just had a new account start um, this past month, mm-hmm. and they are doing exactly that. And they're actually in a manufacturing factory, and they're providing services to all those uh, um, workers. And if they do have an issue, then so we're not only servicing 65 and up. Uh-huh. We are servicing other people also. Yeah. Interesting. I had a, a conversation with a geriatrician not too long ago out of New Jersey, and what what they're doing is they're actually sending these mobile X-ray units and whatnot to the home, and then they'll send a nurse out, and then they'll literally like turn the iPad around, and there the doctor will be, the face of the patient and the family looking at the x-ray, talking to the family, and making a determination whether or not that person can be treated at home or has to actually go to the emergency room. And that's exactly what these folks are doing, something very similar. Mm -hmm. And we do have other instances of that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's nearly as prevalent as we're going to see it. So I know that you have a uh, sort of a, a loose partnership with an organization called Doctors Making House Calls, and they are an, an interesting group that actually will visit a patient in their home, wherever they call home, and really bring that sort of the bedside doctor back into the home and, and really spend a lot more time with a patient than a person may have if they just go into a regular clinic visit. Talk to us about how that works. Yes. Um, we have been, we've been in Virginia for a long time. That's where our headquarters are. Mm-hmm. And one of our uh, larger customers as we moved into North Carolina was doctors making house calls. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, they have lots of doctors 
um, nurse practitioners, PAs all over North Carolina. I think they, at one point, were servicing uh, almost 300 communities, Mm -hmm. and we do almost all of their mobile x-rays and other imaging. And we even have the expertise to integrate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we made their whole system paperless. Wow, that's awesome. So talk to us about, you know, it makes sense intuitively thinking, well, if we have the ability to bring x-rays and lab type services in the home to a person who has a hard time getting out, it seems like we might be able to catch things earlier for people and ultimately result in a better quality of life, possibly a decreased hospital stay. Are you finding some of that through your work? Yes. And typically we have focused on skilled nursing. Mm-hmm. which they're already kind of experts in re- reducing ER visit, mm-hmm. ED visits, and acute hospitalization. But just recently, we're starting to see more and more home health and hospice that are focusing on that. And, you know, we can come out and do a uh, mobile x-ray and maybe catch pneumonia before it requires IV mm-hmm. um, antibiotics. Yep. We uh, might catch a fracture or determine that there isn't a fracture so that a patient doesn't have to go out or a resident in their home. So we're seeing more and more of those type things. So sort of offline before we got air on air, you and I were talking about some of the passions that you have um, in, in kind of like the field that you've worked in for the 15 plus years you've been working in this industry. One of them has to do with rural health and connecting people in the rural communities. Are you seeing that mobile imaging might be a way to really get those folks living out in the rural communities a little bit more, a higher level of care, frankly, and a little easier access. Absolutely. And I have personal vested interest in that because my mom lives in eastern North Carolina and rural area where I grew up. And whether we're in a city or a rural area, a lot of times people don't want to get a, go out and you know see their doctor or see their provider mm-hmm. or go to the emergency room. And we're also seeing more of that because of fear of infections. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we service a lot of people in urban areas, Mm -hmm. but more and more the nurse practitioners and all are, are, you know, writing orders and we're seeing more exams, x-rays, ultrasounds and more in the rural areas. So what do you kind of see as the big picture answer to kind of help solve some of those rural community issues? Wow, that's a good question. That's uh, a big question, <laughs> I know. Sometimes I throw big questions out there. <laughs> well, I think we're kind of leaders in technology. We're the only mobile x-ray company that's joint commission accredited, in the, if not in the whole country, definitely on the East Coast. So us going paperless, us um, working with more telemedicine, mm-hmm. folks like you, you mentioned, um, technology to me is the key to reducing um, um, or not reducing, but actually increasing services for folks. And um, I think the more we can provide that technology out into the hinterlands, the better they're going to get serviced. Roger, what does the setup for some of this equipment look like? So if I I need an x-ray, do I need an open room in my house, or can I be sitting on the Lazy Boy watching Judge Joe Brown and not be interrupted? How does that work? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. We can go into most homes, but if... There is a certain number of steps. We're bringing in equipment that's a little larger maybe than your um, 
travel suitcase that you might bring onto the plane. For Hard a to quick imagine, trip. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Computers and, used to take up the size of the studio, so everything's getting smaller. <laughs> and if you do go to our website, you can see the. And you go to our photograph gallery, mm-hmm. you can see the equipment. But um, as long as it's accessible, not too many steps, or they could come downstairs. And um, as long as they're not the largest hoarder maybe in the country <laughs> and they have room for us to move around, we'd, we can do that exam probably right there in their bed. And how long does that take typically? Is it The first day I, I went, um, was working with our company, I was riding in one of the vans and we would go into like CCRCs and continuing care retirement communities mm-hmm. and homes in 15 minutes. In wow. and out, typically. Wow, that's and a amazing. lot of that is the setup and the breakdown. Right. So in think about hours for families of coordinating that mm-hmm. and sitting around waiting versus, okay, my breakfast is over there. <laughs> we come in, do it, and Eggs they're are back still warm. smiling. <laughs> Eggs exactly. are still warm. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Well, Roger, thank you so much for coming in this evening. Uh, you mentioned a website. What's, what's the way for folks to find out more information about you guys? Yes. On dynamicmobileimaging.com. That's our website. You can go and you see, you can see the many states that we are in. We're 24-7, 365. You can call us on Super Bowl, Christmas Eve, <laughs> you know, whenever. Excellent. Dynamicmobileimaging.com is the website. Roger Gore, he's an account manager for Dynamic Mobile Imaging. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. We appreciate it. You bet. And you got the phone number if you do want to call and order an exam. Excellent. Is that the 866-483-X-RAY phone number? You have it. Excellent. (laughs) 866-483-X-RAY. Again, Roger Gore, account manager with Dynamic Mobile Imaging. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. And you can find more about Transitions Life Care online at transitionslifecare.com. Org, celebrating their 40th year here in the Triangle, a wonderful accomplishment. If you missed our uh, 40th anniversary episode for Transitions Life Care, that's available online at WPTF.com. Head over to the Aging Matters section. Uh, it was just a few weeks back that we did that one. It was a, a wonderful episode, and I highly encourage anyone who's interested in the story of Transitions Life Care to please go check that out. Well, Nicole, we are continuing our tour of uh, uh, of uh, services and uh, options for people related to home care and staying in the home. And we've got another guest here with us, and that is Jenny Alwood. She is the president of Here to Home. And this is a, another interesting concept that we've got. Well, it's an interesting, but it's such an important topic. And, um, you know, the idea that there does come a point for many older adults when they do need to make a decision to transition from the home that they've been in for you know, 5, 10, 20, 40, 60 years to a new home, whether that's an independent living or an assisted living or a memory care community. And I know that that experience can be completely overwhelming for that family caregiver and for that older adult. And bringing in an outside organization such as Here to Home can really be a lifesaver. Welcome. 
Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, um, I have seen this a few times in my own personal life. I have witnessed it many, many times for family caregivers. Um, and I just know that there's just so much emotion around a move for any of us. I mean, if I were to move tomorrow, it's making decisions about what to keep and what to toss. Do I want to keep that baby high chair that I know I'm never going to use again, save it maybe for grandkids? But then if I da- I'm downsizing, where am I going to put it? I mean, simple little things like that to super really big decisions and you know making a transition and knowing that you are needing a higher level of care already is a huge aspect of what these folks are going through well we've been doing this 11 years and uh, we're trained by NASM the National Association of Senior Move Managers and we're pretty much trained to meet people where they are in the move Um, I named my business here to home because we start right here wherever they are in the process they may be moving next week next month they may be moving in a year but we start right here and we really generate a plan with them and envision what they want their new home to look like Um, i do a lot of floor planning with them and sort of visioning um, and i think that brings down the stress level a lot because once you can see it in a floor plan Mm -hmm. how your furniture will actually fit into your new apartment or your new cottage then it's sort of like oh it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right, right. Or, and it also, I think, helps as well, you know, when people want to bring too much stuff to see how crowded and cluttered it could be. Yes, and I do do that. I show them what will fit. And the other things that they were thinking of taking, I might put sort of on the side of the floor plan and say, yeah, these three things, you show me where they'll fit. And we'll be happy to put it in there, you know, but, you know, let's talk about what will fit and what won't. And maybe we swap things out because they really do want the four china hutches you know and (laughs) not the big screen tv you know (laughs) exactly exactly so talk to us about kind of how this process starts let's just pretend we're in a situation where somebody Mm -hmm. maybe is going to be making a move in a few months okay Okay. um kind of what's how's that initial call go and then kind of how you walk that family that individual who's going to be moving and that caregiving family Mm -hmm. together sure we um we start with a free one-hour consultation Um, I come to your home and really uh, it's great if I have the floor plan of where you're moving to and we just walk through the home and say this is something I'd like to take this is not something I need anymore Um, we talk a lot about taking the things that bring you joy Mm -hmm. um, panning for gold making sure you take the things that are really important to you and then after that one hour of really intensely listening to our clients because every we've done over We've done almost 500 moves. Wow. Everyone has been different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, there's set ways of doing it, but um, I really customize the moves to the people that we're, we're working with. Um, so I think that after that hour, I have a good idea whether um, what they're thinking of taking will fit. And I have a good idea of being able to set out a schedule for them. Um, and uh, my background is in design. So I really think systematically, like we got to do step one first, mm-hmm. we got to plan. And then number two, we got to sort, you mm-hmm. know, and decide what's really going sort of down into the closets and into the drawers and into the cabinets. And then step three is like, we'll move, we'll pack and we'll move you. And then step four, we'll unpack or we'll supervise the mover and then we'll unpack you. And then the finishing touch is hanging the pictures. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have that structure um in the back of my mind as i speak to people and i find that people really appreciate that step by step let's do one thing at a time and 
and get to the new home that way. So let's talk about some of the emotion behind it for mm-hmm. people, because that can be just intensely difficult, especially, let's just say there's a widowed spouse and they're mm-hmm. coming across some momentums of the husband and things of that nature, or things that maybe they were thinking about holding on to until they pass to pass on to people. Mm-hmm. How do we kind of get through that part? Oh my goodness. We hold their hands and um, cry along with them when they see, you know, the things that they, maybe their daughter passed away and they've now rediscovered the photo albums and the, you know, the mementos of that daughter. Um, We mourn and we cry along with them. And then uh, uh, we love to hear the stories and share the stories of the emotions. And then it's sort of like the physics and the reality of it sits in is that I say, where will we put this in the new home? Mm-hmm. Because if this is something that's emotionally important to you and you're emotionally attached to it, then I want to make sure that it comes with you and we have room for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I did right before I joined the senior youth manager industry is I was working at the Franklin Institute up in Philadelphia and directed an exhibit project about identity, your personal identity. And what I found is that people's identity is expressed in their homes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've um, spent your lifetime collecting these mementos, the photographs, the, the, the souvenirs, and we're kind of taught that we are writing epic poetry, you know, with the things that we accumulate in our lives. Well, now what I counsel my clients with is, we're writing haiku <laughs> because we're moving from 4,000 square feet to maybe 1,200 square feet. Right. We've got a third of the things. So every choice, like in haiku, every choice is important. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm making sure that they bring those things that are truly important in their lives. It's the highlight reel. It's the highlight reel. Exactly. Yes. And I think that is so super important, you know, and in the work that I do at Transitions Guiding Lights, we have a program called Do You Know Who I Am? And oftentimes, um, you know, when people move on to an assisted living or nursing home, and and no offense to these types of organizations, it's just the way it's designed. The very first thing you think about with that person is the sum of their diseases. They're a diabetic hypothyroid person with Alzheimer's disease. You don't think about all of the things that comprise that person. You know, the fact that maybe they were a pastor and they were, they taught Sunday school and they were a mom of four and they also did scuba diving around the world and blah, 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 blah. We don't think about those things. We think about the sum of their diseases and what brought brought them here first. So I really applaud the fact that you try to bring have them bring their highlight reel because that will only help the staff there at that long-term care community really connect and get to know that person and use who they were to really help achieve the goals of where they're headed in the future. There's a fabulous book called How to Say It to Seniors by David Solee. And in it, he really expresses two concepts that kind of guides my staff and I uh, through the process. Number one is that um, choice is being taken away. Mm-hmm. It's the people, as they get older, um, they're losing control of things. They're mm-hmm. losing control of their health. They're losing control of their money. They're losing control of a lot of th- where they can live. And so we try to give that control back to them in choosing what they plan to take with them. And then the second part is respect. We respect their choices. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's key. We've got Jenny Alwood here in the studio. She is the president of Here to Home, and we'll continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, and our guest right now with us is Jenny Alwood. She's the Alwood, excuse me. She's the president of Here to Home, and we're talking all about aging in place. Nicole, that's been the theme of the show today, and uh, Jenny specializes in moves, and um, you know, it's there's a lot of. Uh, different things that we need to think about. And, you know, one of those things that we were talking about during the break is maybe some family dynamics and things that we may not have anticipated when we're dealing with a move. Yeah. So, you know, you're always going to be the kid no matter what of this older adult. And so if you're sitting there trying to tell mom or dad what's important stuff and what's not, chances are you're going to get yourself into a stressful situation on top of already trying to convince them that they need to move to a different level of care. So it's already a little bit of a stressful time for everybody involved and then add in trying to help them pick out what's good and what's not is is particularly difficult. So I'm really curious to hear, uh, Jenny, about how you deal with that topic. Well, sure. Um, through our training mm-hmm. at the National Association of Senior Move Managers, one of the primary points is that the senior who is moving is our client. Mm-hmm. And we are an advocate for them to have the home that they want. Now, um, I'm all for team and having... <laughs> adult children come in and be a part of the team that helps downsize or takes care of mom and dad while the move is going on. But um, when I see the dynamic that they're trying to kind of boss their parents around or make choices on, um, you know, on their behalf, um, I kind of step back and say, you know, let's look at this is that, you know, this is their home and it's their stuff. And let's see how we can empower them to make good choices about their home rather than make the choices on their behalf. Speaking of stuff, I know a lot of times people think their stuff is worth a lot more than it is. So I'm sure you must have to deal with how do we get rid of the stuff that they decide, well, that family doesn't want, Yes, and then the actual individual doesn't want, but they still think you can sell it for a million dollars. Yes, I run into this every (laughs) day, I think. Um, One of the things I do to help people get their mind around the value of their stuff is I say, okay, say you bought this dining room table in 1965 and you bought it for $500. Now you've had Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinners, birthday dinners all around this this dining room table. Do you think you've gotten your $500 worth out of it? And most people say, yeah, they have. And then I say, well, well, what we're doing here is we're kind of depreciating this like an accountant would. Yep. You know, you've had 50 the capital years. capital expense. <laughs> exactly. You've yep. had 50 years of experience with this dining room table. And so if you depreciate it, it's really worth about the $40 you're going to get from a consignment store. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's super tricky. Yeah. What about uh, long distance moves? Because especially in this area, I can well imagine you have you know a son or daughter that lives here and they're trying to move mom from another yeah. state or vice versa. How does yes. that work? Because I can imagine that could be logistically very difficult. It's It can be. Um, what I find really helpful is that NASM um, has a whole list of the senior move managers in the United States. There are about a thousand of us. 
and you can actually go to the website type in a zip code where they're moving from or moving to and you can find the senior move manager in that area and nasm stands for nasm stands for the national association of senior move managers um, nasm.org is the website the um so what i do is i do the research for my clients and find someone on the other end who's either going to receive or originate the move okay and then um i think one of the things that really distinguishes our service is that we're very technologically minded here so we use dropbox and google docs and we share information with that senior move manager on the other end so they have the floor plan they have the list of what's coming we are sharing a schedule um, and they can see what's coming. I, I take digital photos of everything in the house so that when we unpack, we know exactly where things are going. So now on the long distance move, the senior move manager on the other end has those same photographs and can therefore really create home and, and leave the guesswork, guesswork out of how to unpack a box and put it away. And one of the things that I've always been particularly impressed by members of your organization has been the, the, the level of detail, including exactly how everything was on the dresser oh, yeah. at home. That is so important, especially oh, yeah. for disorientation reasons. And yes. I mean, just to know that I can reach here and that is where my hairbrush mm -hmm. is and I can reach here and I know that's where I keep my mm -hmm. serving spoon. Mm -hmm. I mean... That's we, huge. We had a client and her husband moved to California, and we were fortunate that they we could arrange their bedroom in California exactly like their bedroom here. And the husband had, you know, was the cognitive um, decline, and the client wrote me a few months later, and she said, even though the rest of the house was disorienting, disorienting to him, him he. Um, he could go into that bedroom and it felt like home mm -hmm. because the pictures were in the same place, the dresser was arranged the same way, um, and it was uh, it just made his transition way less stressful. So let's talk a little bit about resistance because I'm sure you encounter some of that as well, kind of like pulling somebody along when they don't really want to come. Right. Resistance is futile. Yes, it is. <laughs> we had to say it. We had to say it. And in the almost 500 moves I've had, I've only had one person not open the door and let me move them. Mm. And that was because their son was pushing so hard and she did not want to move. And she just said, I'm not letting you in. And we're not moving today. And so I said, okay. Because I cannot force no. <laughs> someone from their home. No. Um, but I do think that when someone's moving um, and there's resistance to moving, that it's really a conversation about what they want. It's about loss. And it's about, lo it is about loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're losing their identity. They're mm -hmm. losing part of their identity. Mm -hmm. And so they're afraid of being institutionalized. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we talk so much about taking the things you love, the things that are an expression of yourself to the new home. And I think that kind of, it, that erodes away some of that resistance because they can see that they're moving intact, mm -hmm. their identities intact. And then it's really just about details after that. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh, Jenny, how do folks get a hold of you if they're interested in using your service? Oh, we have a website and you can contact us through the website. And that is here, the number two home. So H-E-R-E -E, number two home dot com. Or you can call me at my office which is 919-627-1442. Excellent. Again, that number, 919-627-1442. And the website here, the number two, 
home.com. She is Jenny Alwood. Alwood. Jenny, I'm having trouble with your name here. I want to put that extra L in there. Welcome to the world. (laughs) I'm sure you deal with this all the time. (laughs) Jenny Alwood, thank you so much for coming in. President of Here to Home, we really appreciate you coming in this evening. Thank you. And Nicole, we've got a couple minutes here before we wrap up, and I know we wanted to Talk a, a, a few minutes about some things going on with Transitions Guiding Lights. Yeah, so, you know, things are hopping along with us over at Transitions Guiding Lights, and we are starting to gear up, dare I say, planning our 2019 Caregivers Summits. Wow. And so, I know, I'm saying the Already word. Already here. It's the word. It's like Monty Python, say the word, and I go shudder and hide. <laughs> but um, we are super excited. We are. Um, we actually have our dates scheduled. Our very first one coming up is in, at the RTP, in RTP at the Sheraton Imperial on on June 6th. Uh, registration will actually open in a little bit more time, a couple mm. more months, April 1st, <laughs> but if folks want to get that date on their radar. And for those listening, um, it is a full day of respite, resolution, and resources for families. So there are breakout sessions, there are things to do to relax yourself, there are a tremendous number of resources of all the different things that you may ever encounter needing as a family caregiver. And there's really a lot of fellowship and, and the ability for folks to come together and just be with other people who are going through the same journey so we are super super excited about that yeah and and it's always an exciting time when the caregiver summits come around and i'm excited that you have the dates listed and folks can keep tuning into aging matters and we'll we'll certainly let you know when registration is open and uh, i know nicole is hard at work getting these uh these conferences ready because uh, a ton of work goes into them but they, they really are such a helpful and tremendous resource resource for people looking for help when it comes to caregiving. Definitely. And, you know, the other thing I'd like to highlight uh, briefly is uh, the grief services that Transitions Life Care offers uh, for the community. Whether you have experienced um, a loss and were on Transitions Life Care Services or not, their grief care services are offered to anyone in the community at no charge. So folks can certainly reach out to Transitions Life Care. You know, you may have had a mom or dad or child even that have passed away, somebody living locally or in another state, or you may know somebody that's struggling, um, you know, that you're working with uh, or in your faith-based community. They offer some amazing services to really, really wrap themselves around that family caregiver and and really what they went through because one of the things we talk about is when caregiving ends you're kind of standing there and you're really a shell of who you used to be because that caregiving just took on so much of your life and you really have to reinvent yourself and there's there's a true hole not only just for the loss of that individual that you lost but really just suddenly you have all this time that you never even knew you knew you had and so um, they're, they're really great about you know pulling people together and really giving them some assistance and how to kind of turn the page and enter into that next chapter. Yeah, it's a jarring transition. And if you need some assistance, transitionslifecare.org is the website. If you want to get a hold of Guiding Lights, it's guidinglightsnc.org for more information there. We are out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday evening at 7 for Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.